Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One. Co-host also, Mike, is here as well to introduce our very, very special third co-host today to go through more reactions of these Oscar noms, Michael. Yeah, he's the senior awards editor at Variety. He is the host, or one of the hosts of The Take, Variety's Actors on Actors, and the Awards Circuit Podcast. He's also the president of the Latino Entertainment Journalists in his free time Association <laughs> when he has a moment or two. Uh, and we're going to ask him all about it. We just finished our conversation. This is our intro. And man, uh, you guys in for it. It's very, we go very deep. We get into the weeds. We ask him all our burning questions. And th- this guy is, if you listen to our show, probably the guy we aggregate the most. Clayton Davis, yeah. Clayton Davis yeah. of Variety, and uh, I, we're just—I'm thrilled with how this came out. I can't wait for you guys to listen. Check it out. We will see you guys on the other side. The interview with Clayton Davis starts now. All right, on the line, joining us, Clayton Davis of Variety. Clayton, thank you so much for reconnecting with us once again, buddy. Hi, kids. How are you? <laughs> Mike one, Mike two. You called us Mike Dose last time. I, Mike, I do. I do enjoy Mike Dose. Mike <laughs> Dose is, was good. It's amazing. And Mike, D- Mike Dose wears uh, Knicks hats, and that's why. That's why I appreciate. Yes. That's why there's a love and affection. That's why I can't say no to coming on to the program. Well, we really appreciate it. Uh, it's it's been awesome to watch. You know, your star rise at Variety over these past few years, Clayton. I'm just uh, following in your footsteps, guys. <laughs> yeah, really you. Yeah, as you should. As you should. Uh, but you know, I mean. Yeah, I mean, the writing and podcasting, you're always like the most prolific guy and fun to follow and addictive to, to read and to, to listen to. Uh, but you somehow, like, you added all of the on-screen work now. The take is really taking off. You got ABC, you're on TV, you're doing hits. I mean, on radio stations, on TV news. I mean, other than, like, beefing up the wardrobe, which is just, uh, you know, look at us, Immaculate. look at you right now. We're, we're, but other, Always the sharpest dressed guy. Other than the wardrobe, I, I, I am really curious, and I know Mike and I were talking about, how did you make, like, this transition so seamlessly to the video and television stuff? Oh, man. First of all, not seamless. Like, not uh, a thousand percent not seamless. Um, I, I, listen, I, I make no qualms about saying, like, I got really, really lucky. Like, you know, when... Uh, actors say, you know, it's 80% luck and 20% hard work. I mean, it, it, I, I feel really lucky. I know there are better writers out there than I. I know there are more talented people than I. Uh, I got really lucky and very grateful for it every day. But, you know, it, it feels good to be here as a guy who represents the everyday guy. I like movies. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Like, you know, I'm not snooty about it. I'm not bougie. I'm not an academic. You know, I don't think Citizen Kane is God's gift to us that, you know, you can never, you know, not talk anything about. And uh, I still haven't seen Casablanca and I'm going to own that for a little while longer. That's my thing. I think you might be underselling yourself a little bit because I think the talent does shine through. In case in point, you're the founder. Uh, You're still the president of the Latino Entertainment Journalists Association. You're in your fifth year with that organization. The last time we did have you on, you told us about the group's origin story. Uh, We'd love to hear an update about that, where you are, where the group is, where you hope for it to go in the near future. I mean, it's five years later. You know, we are, uh, you know, we just announced our nominations. uh, We're everything everywhere all at once led. Mirrored Oscars, obviously, because we are the bellwether for all Oscars <laughs> now moving forward. Um, just want to say, I was, I was really, it was fun that year, the first year. We were the only group that nominated Marina Di Tavera. Mm. There you go. There's a badge of honor. So yeah. I, I was like, oh, we, we are, you, you stop here before you go to Oscar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, Gatekeepers. Yeah. But, you know, listen, I would love the organization to do bigger, better things. You know, I, I one thing I'm, I'm really trying to learn, and this is, why I say it's not been seamless. I'm trying to learn the time management aspect. There's a finite number of Clayton Davis hours in a day. And then he's still a dad and a husband too. So I got to do 
all those things. I have chores that my wife gives me, and I have to do them, <laughs> or or I get pop owls. <laughs> I I believe it, and uh, we commend you for it certainly. Uh, but I, you know, you you ran the Akas lovingly for so many years, and I'm I'm guessing Aww. I'm guessing here that uh, you you do take an active role in the, the in the fifth annual LEJA Awards. So I'm I'm wondering like how you guys came up with you know this category list, voice or motion capture performance stunt design ensemble casting i mean these are these are categories mike and i would love to see at the oscars and then of course you got the rita moreno as would i yes Yes. so that was the big that was the big thing uh you know myself along with the with the co-founders uh had discussed you know i we really wanted the awards to mimic what we want to see the oscars take a cue from so, you know, voice and motion capture were, like, way overdue for, for that. Absolutely. Stunts, mm-hmm. please. Because, mm-hmm. by the way, that's called Best Popular Film. You just don't need to call it that. <laughs> there you go. There's your Marvel Perfect. movie every goddamn year. I tell people that all yep. the time. Um, casting is long overdue. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, people were like, you know, ensembles. I, I, I think about the actual casting director. They're just They're just very, very undervalued in that space. So yeah, you know, I, I I want that to I want the Oscars to take some cues, and you know, they're still trying to figure out how to shove twenty three uh, categories into three or three and a half hour show. So hopefully, uh, we can find that soon enough, so then we can get to these uh, new fun categories. Because stunts, by the way, in addition to just being the right thing to do, you incorporate some of that into the show mm-hmm. and have like. People swinging no from like lines. You have Tom Cruise parachute on top of the Dolby in the opening. Yeah, like like how is that not like the best show? What do you think the holdup? I mean, I don't want to get too into the weeds here, but like, is it just the fact that they can't figure out how to pace twenty three awards in three hours or three and a half hours that prevents them from adding more? Or what do you think the holdup is on the Academy? Uh, I mean, and I, I honestly do, don't know. I, I my, my guess is it's a little of both. You know. We already have we're already having problems with twenty three, right? Um, and then the other is I think there are some older, you know, OG people within Hollywood that like why we're we gonna give a Oscar to stunts and who gets that Oscar? Mm. You know, we're we gonna give like five hundred Oscars out to a stunt, you know, because it's a stunt ensemble, a stunt coordinator. Like th- there's, it, it, I I do see the the nuance and trying to figure out like who who are we actually nominating and what are we recognizing specifically because you have to be specific because mm-hmm. something with casting the fear with that has long been it'll just be another uh award for best picture mm. like whatever the best, argument, they, yeah. like, like 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 they won't like look outside of the five but if you give a clear definition and you're like hey listen I'm looking. I'm thinking of like Tropic Thunder, like Robert Downey Jr. Sure. You like that. That's just like when you have someone that like you get a Gary Oldman to play Winston Churchill, like when dust when no one you can never imagine anyone else being Rain Man except for Dustin Hoffman. Like those types of things is what you're what you're looking to reward. I, I love it, and from your lips to God's ears, and yeah. even though we gotta keep yelling about it, man. You gotta just keep yelling, and eventually they'll say. What? <laughs> I guess what? I mean, one more follow-up if I could. I, yeah. We have, you know, we have an academy that, you know, has all of its branches. I mean, the VFX, the VFX branch, I wonder if a lot of the stunt performers are, are some of them are in there. Is, is it just like a, is it a, is it a logistical nightmare that they have to branch off and switch branches? Is it a, is it an issue? Is it just the issue with the 23 awards on a live broadcast? Oh, or, you know, actually, what's what's I mean, what's interesting about that? You you touched on something that I've been uh, kind of chomp, chomping away at mm-hmm. to write about, um, specifically with the anim with the animation branch. A lot mm-hmm. of those members of that specific branch have transferred over the last few years to other tech branches in order to have animation represented because oh. it's hard to get a production designer. To get nominated for you know for animation, to get nominated for production design, visual effects, sound, all those things, uh, costume, cinematography, things like that. So a lot of them have switched other branches so they can 
get an animated uh, voice in within those uh, branch ranks. And I think that's actually smart and 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 great. I think stunts probably probably would share some um, of those elements with visual effects. But I really don't know. I know they have their own guild. Like they have their they have their own stuff. And like SAG recognizes them. Thank God now that's on Netflix. Hopefully we can just put that into the show and stop doing it on the red carpet because it's always been dumb. Like mm-hmm. you don't have that many categories, guys. Like we can just do this. You're preaching on, the choir, man. During, during the show. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, hopefully, you know, it's, it's baby steps, man. We're just, there's a lot we, we want to address and we want to get in, you know, we're evolving right now. Award shows are trying to figure out how to just last, you know, some of them to add more. I mean, listen, some some of the people like myself think you add stunts into it that maybe alleviates some of your problems of losing viewers because yeah. tell you know you're telling me that you know there's going to be these big uh, circus Olay stunts during the show. You know, people might tune in to, to catch that. And Tom Cruise isn't saying no to jumping out of any plane at this point. So yeah, I mean, I mean absolutely... he's he's jumping out of a lot of things, man. And that man, like, ooh, nuts. He's yeah, I don't, and and I, I also just want to say about Tom Cruise, and listen, he, Miles Teller actually said it to me the best. Um, I was chatting with him in Georgia, and he says, you know, people get a lot of um, press and praise for like losing 150 pounds for a role, not for learning how to fly a plane. Great point. <laughs> Great point. And and I I think there needs to be more. Uh, focus and value into what an actor does aside from a physical transformation. We've seen part of that start to happen, right? Especially with the, the rise of the musical biopic. So hopefully that's at least getting us on the path. I mean, you know, the 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 Rami Maliks and the Austin Butlers and mm. how they actually sang in part. And there's always the argument now, I mean, not to go right into lead actor, but the argument is, well, how much credit do you give the actor for performing the song live or on tape or mixing with the real person's yeah. voice, et cetera. So, and, and there, and there is, a, you actually hit the nail on the head. There is a fundamental difference for me between what Joaquin Phoenix achieves as Johnny Cash and walk the line versus mm-hmm. what, um, Jamie Foxx does in Ray. Um, he does great when it's Ray Charles, the man, but mm-hmm. you know, lip syncing, you know, the, musical numbers not saying that that's necessarily right or wrong i'm just saying there is a fundamental difference Mm -hmm. when someone takes on the actual vocal parts of it love that answer and uh we've gone on our first four question tangent of the day folks (laughs) it's what we do it's gonna be a tight five and a half hours clayton don't worry yeah (laughs) no 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 uh but call us call call it mike and mike the way of water yeah (laughs) that's what's happening here and wait till we get to this next topic this was topic a man because it threw us clayton this one threw us through a loop uh you were uh on the on the award circuit podcast you guys were foreshadowing it certainly and it did. It happened. Andrea Riseborough was nominated from Two Leslie, and I'm just wondering what you the are hearing. Said I mean, it all. The side there. It's, it's had it's had a chance to sink in with the studio strategists and the award season pros. I'm just dying to know what you're hearing on the ground there. So, depends on who you ask. I think there. If you go into the studio award strategists. Uh, sectors, it's a lot of hurt egos. Because hmm. it's like, how was she able to do that? Huh. Um, you ask actors or anyone else from the industry, you ask me, I really love the spirit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say 2020, the pandemic year, the year of Nomadland, was the closest thing that we witnessed to a purity Oscars, meaning we took the campaigning out of it because we couldn't campaign. Everyone mm-hmm. was home. Right. And, it, and the movies really just spoke for themselves. And that lineup, I think, was the one of the best balances of new Oscar voters and old Oscar voters. You, like, I always say, Regina King didn't make Best Director, and we were okay with that because mm-hmm. we saw Chloe Zhao, we saw Emerald Finale, you know, you had David Fincher, you had Vin, you had Vinterberg. Like it was, it was just like this balance. Lee Isaac Chung, you had this balance of if you let the if you let the voters just do it themselves, 
they can be responsible with it. Um, Andrew Riseborough really highlights the point that with a very concentrated campaign, mm -hmm. you can do that. However, my fear is that that has set off alarms and you are going to see many self-funded campaigns now moving forward trying to do that and you can't like you like i think that i think it was an anomaly it's not the norm okay it's it you if every so there are 1300 actors in the actors branch right 13 members 1300 members in the actors branch if everyone voted which they don't but if every single one of them voted you'd only need 218 votes 218 number one votes to be a nominee. Right. That's it. So as less vote, you know, the number goes down. Speaking to some people around the way, the people that were campaigning for her on her behalf, and, and this is what I think comes into the ego thing, people were um, alluding to that there were, she broke campaign rules. Which she didn't. The one thing that people can't do is directly solicit for yourself. Mm -hmm. Andrea Riseborough would have to email someone and say, right. vote for me, please. Hmm. That never happened. But, her, but the people around her um, and the people who were advocating for her, there were a lot of people that were telling them, like, listen, they put her number one. Put her to go vote. You know, you vote for her. Great, just put her number one. And I like there's an assumption that she was number five. She may not have been. Mm. She really might have just blown it like out because it was such a concentrated. She she assembled the the legends in this biz. Jane Fonda, Sally Field. If you look at their social media, the, their their social stuff was the same. This was a very organized, concentrated effort. And you gotta tip your hat off, like, all right, go. And no one, and it's not that it's a bad performance; it's a great performance, great movie, just mm -hmm. so tiny. Now, you take a step back, and then you're like, damn, it came at the expense of Danielle Deadweiler and Viola Davis. Again, assuming that she was five, but I don't think we can besmirch someone for being the the reason why one or two other people miss. Because if it wasn't Andrea Riseborough. You're making an assumption that Viola or Danielle were number six, and mm -hmm. that's never a guarantee. Considering hmm. both movies got shut out, right? Like, my, like if, if I was like actually a real betting man, I took a step back. I think probably Jennifer Lawrence was six. Wow, because Brian Tyree Ty Henry made it. Yeah, and and the Academy very rarely will nominate a soul supporting performance it's like it, it's much more uh rare than people think i think brian tyree henry is only the second black actor in that category to be the sole nominee for his movie the first one was Mark morgan freeman for street smart hmm. so like it doesn't happen very often yeah, an example of that was like when uh you know obviously actress not actor but when j-lo was presumed to be a shoe-in for hustlers and it, it, it's hard they, you, know. you like when actors watch a movie, you have to give them a reason, like mo almost a few reasons, or any or anyone in the academy. You have to give like they know they're watching Causeway for Brian Tyree Henry. They probably were watching, probably also say I'm watching it for for Jennifer Lawrence too. Um, same thing with Eddie Redmayne. They were only watching it for Eddie Redmayne. I mean, I think Good Nurse is a good movie, and you could say that maybe a, a writers branch person was watching it for the script. As well, but it wasn't contending anywhere else. Right. So that it's it's hard. Like th th those Penelope Cruises of the world, and by the way, Penelope Cruz happens by accident because Vicky Cristina was supposed to be original screenplay until it got snubbed. Mm -hmm. huh. And and we all were hoping that Rebecca Hall was going to get in. So there were a few reasons, quote unquote, to watch it. You're touching on a, a lot of questions that we have prepared. I want to hold off on the Viola Daniel Deadweiler thing because that that is something that's you know a burning question everywhere and it needs to be talked about. But since we're going down this line of this kind of unique campaign for Andrea Riseborough, can I guess it's kind of a two prong question. One, you said this is an anomaly. Is the campaigning on behalf of a friend or an actor there is that commonplace and we just it doesn't get a lot of shine because this is such a unique campaign for one and for two. 
in your experience doing what you've done, going back to when you were managing awards circuit uh, as your day-to-day, a solo there, apart from Variety, doing this over a decade plus or however long you've been doing it, is has campaigning changed? Like, we, we read these stories about how Andrea Riseborough shares the same manager as this actress who held these viewing parties, et cetera, et cetera. Has that aspect of campaigning kind of become more important? Because I think we all live in this Oscars fantasy land where, like, well, the best performance matters. The best screenplay matters. And obviously it doesn't, but I'm yeah. wondering your thoughts on that. I mean, it, it, it's the same as a political campaign or if you want it to be prom king or queen. Like, mm. like name recognition goes a long way. It... it, it for two years in a row, yeah, two years in a row now, or three years actually, like the the Troy Kotzers, the Paul Racies, and now the Kiyu Kwans, the, the, they're rare. They're rare that you get those stories that touch beyond like the popularity. Like Brendan Fraser is is a both too. Like he he's both popular he was a name and it was the comeback story mm. and everyone like felt it like he was able to supersede his movie uh that came up short in, in, a, in a few spots when i was self-campaigning is not new i'm at award circuit i remember when ann dowd self-campaigned for compliance mm-hmm. and you know she scraped together thirteen thousand dollars to send out dvds when the academy was still allowing dvds um, and she, I don't want to say it got close, but she won MBR that year. I think she had a couple other uh, critics groups. So she fought for it. Uh, Sally Kirkland uh, famously self-campaigned for Anna. Actually did, mm. and, she, and she made it. And my, my uh, core memory, like Inside Out, is Consider from Melissa Leo till, till the day I die. That, <laughs> yeah. that, 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 that picture is engraved. In my in my mind, she took out ads for herself to win supporting actress for sure. the fighter. She did it. So yeah, I, I don't besmirch the the wanting it. And this this is where I used to hear this a lot in awards circuit. I was guilty of saying it a couple times too. Like oh, they want it too bad. Like that was a big thing with Leo. We said for a year, Leo wants it so bad. Hmm. And I, who doesn't want it? Like we've all done <laughs> the shower shampoo bottle speech. Like we we've all. Have dreamt of it. We are by human nature. We want to be recognized for our achievements in any given area. I mean, you guys podcast. I podcast. If there was a podcast Oscars, I definitely would want <laughs> a nomination there, and I would want to win. You know, by nature, we we want those things, so we can't like get you know judge anyone for that. But the campaign tactics. I mean, it's just it's very loud. It, it, it is it's a loud noise, and everybody wants a piece. And I think people often, I think social media is also guilty of this too. There are things that we want to happen, and there are things that, like, you know, like when people talk about football year in advance, right? Like, we're just going by, like, they have this, this, and this. You know, they, they look like they could be good this year before a game is even played. Hmm. Um, and then the game actually gets played and then you know things happen i think the academy's always been a symptom of it of the issue in hollywood which is like just money controls everything and diversity is the problem at the studios not the academy the academy i believe has done the work to or done a lot of the work let's say they perfected they've done a lot of the work to diversify the added members they have the aperture uh, initiative that's starting next year where you have to meet certain requirements to qualify for Best Picture, which, by the way, no movie since 1990, as far back as I went, would have been disqualified under the guidelines. Right. None. Right. So, in theory, not once it's empty, but it is like, like, it doesn't, like, people, the studios have the power to do something well with it and do something like, or just keep things status quo. Um, it's really easy to to meet the requirements, but the academy is just reflecting what the, what the movies provide. There were three hundred and one movies submitted this year, and Viola and Danielle. Obviously, a lot of us were bummed that they didn't make it. I go back to twenty twenty. I want to see that there are so many options that 
when we lose a Viola Danielle, I go, you know, there were there are a lot more Viola Danielles that were also in the running too, and and you know, they didn't make it either, and then I could just be satisfied. But there are the because of the conversations I had this year with people, particularly about the Woman King, until or any movie that referenced women in the title, she said. Hmm. Um, One of my favorites, yeah. That it was, it was hard to get to inspire people to voters and industry people to watch certain movies. Where does that come from? I mean, is it, is it like a screener pro is it an accessibility problem with like Netflix is right there? Definitely not an accessibility problem. (laughs) I wouldn't think so because of the, the Academy screener. Everyone, everyone can watch everything at any given time. Um, you, we have to, and I say we, I'm talking about us, the nerds, right? Us three, us three (laughs) nerds here and, and, and film Twitter. We, wear badges of honor of we watch 125, 150, 200 movies every year. Like, it's, it's, you know, I always want to watch more. The Academy are working people in this industry. They don't watch that many. So you really have, that's where the campaigning has to be part of it Mm -hmm. because they have to know what movies to watch, quote unquote, do we wish that they can just come to that on their own? Sure. But the amount of conversations I had with people to explain to them that The Woman King was an action movie was startling. Really? Because they thought it was because they thought it was something else. Or or, or, or or they just thought it was a bummer. They thought every like she they were like, oh she that's too much for me. Or women talking, I I, I don't know, I, I can't I can't deal with that right now. Cause and that's why Top Gun there were like three movies that I knew undoubtedly were the most watched movies of, like yeah. that I knew were being seen widely. Top Gun, Elvis, and Avatar. Undoubtedly watched by Everything Everywhere doesn't even make that list. I think I think people watched it. I, not at the mayhem that I knew people watched Top Gun and Elvis. Gotcha. And yet, I mean, I mean, you've obviously touched on it a bunch of times. It is still stark when you have two performances like Daniel Deadweiler, like Viola Davis, when they do end up missing because they have the resumes up to Oscar nominating that those resumes don't usually miss. And I I don't want to get you in trouble and like name names, but Robert Daniels put out a great piece for the LA Times today. Mm-hmm. Why, why does the awards factory fail minorities and specifically black women so time often? Time and time again? Yeah. I mean, it's become sadly predictable. Viola Davis shouldn't have missed. And when we were doing our predictions, I was like, I got a bad feeling about her. You know what? And I remember literally the day before nominations, I was on a space and they were like, oh, Viola Davis is in. And I said on the space, I was like, guys, like I'm predicting her. I don't feel good about it, though, because she's never been the sole nominee of a movie. I don't think Woman King's going to do anything outside of her. That's hard to do. You know, I'm not convinced. And then when I didn't hear her name, I was like, oh, God. And then I didn't hear Danielle, and then I was like, like, makes sense, too. Like, there were just, like, a lot. Of the, now, you are correct. It does, like, black women just continue to get, like, the Woman King, this is the best example, because the Woman King, Gina Prince-Bythewood mm-hmm. did everything. She, camp- she campaigned with her heart. She was out there. She was everywhere. She kissed babies. She has a resume before this 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 year and people and, and why well, see and i'm sure you guys see the same thing when you bring this up and you're like why did you fail black women or why did you fail women in director period like well what woman would you have would you have nominated you know and that always becomes like their their like clutch pearls like you know what what are you what are you expecting but there are so many lazy nominations that happen every year people get like when like I had wrote the day that Oscar voting ended, it was like 30 minutes after, I said, I, I wrote a piece that something that's not, that is the unspoken truth, not a lot of people love the Fablemans. Mm-hmm. And, and that's true, like, a lot, and, but it's, it's, it's the whisperers. It's the, like, when, when I bring it up to a voter, they go, you know what, I, I really didn't like the Fablemans. Like, they, they're afraid to say it because it's Spielberg, you can't say that, like, right. 
Spielberg, you know, didn't make a great movie. And I think, and by the way, I think Fablemans is great. I think it's, I think it's a really, really good movie. Um, but he gets a pass that Gina Prince-Bythewood has, and people will say, oh, Woman King wasn't that good. Okay, sure, sure. Like, that could be your opinion, fair enough. But the amount that she had to do just to be in the conversation that still resulted in nothing. And that's, and that's what sucks. That's the machine. I mean, is there anything like that's readily identifiable to you? That's like I, I, you you give the academy their flowers, and I, I we have too. Like, great job expanding the academy, getting it more diverse, yeah. getting it more inclusive. But is there anything? I mean, you're on the inside there. That's like, well, this is still a, a very obvious shortcoming of theirs that could be fixed. I mean, it like it comes back. To, listen, I think I think we under appreciate or undervalue the power of marketing, like women talking as a title, does not inspire people to pop in their screener. No matter how much Clayton Davis and the mics say it and say it's mm-hmm. good and Clayton puts in his top ten of the year and tell you, you know, that it's worth every moment of your time and it's only 104 minutes, mm-hmm. so it's okay. It won't take you a long time. <laughs> right. We could say all of that. And if they don't want to watch it, they just don't want to watch it. And listen, like – I want them to watch everything. I, I, I want that for them. But I also like, like that, that's why the expansion of the membership allows, like that's why Andrew Riseborough, like when she happens, like it's super, like, like I'm so bummed out for Viola Davis and Danielle Dittweiler. But again, the spirit of that nomination, but I am hyper aware. I don't think Danielle Dittweiler could have done that one. Could I have done that grassroots? Right. Like if, if 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 Orion and UAR said like we're not going to do anything, we're not giving this a campaign, that would have been it. Right. You know, uh, Nanny from Amazon, really good movie. Uh, Nikiatu Jusu is a fabulous filmmaker. Couldn't get arrested in anything. Um, I remember twenty twenty year the forty year old version by Rada Blank. Yep. I love that movie mm-hmm. and can't i would never say netflix didn't push it they pushed it yeah people just were like no like they people do what they want to do they watch what they want to watch and unfortunately like just we're in this world where black women are just constantly overlooked we 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 have to continue to call it out that's the thing like you know diversity was was pretty good this year, like on a whole, but it's always like one step forward, two steps back. Right. Yeah. You know, when Ariana DeBose won last year, they were like Latinos, yeah. And I was like, I was like, did you guys look at next year? Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing right. in the in the hopper mm-hmm. for us. Um, and we got Anna De Armas by the skin of her teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was it. And by the way, not, people aren't even happy about it. So like, yeah, I was gonna say in the movie, you know, that a lot of people had a lot to say about pe- yeah. people. Yeah, and people, you know, so. Like we, like if Daniela and Viola would have made it, it would have been the third time that uh, two black women made it into lead actress. And the other two times, by the way, there was someone playing Billie Holiday. It's like, Jeez. so like, like, like Ariana, Ariana DeBose is the second Latina ever to win an Oscar for acting after Rita Moreno, who played the same. For Maria, role. you're right. Yeah, like <laughs> it, uh, it, Rita. It's it's the same. Like we are. We see things in a very narrow. As I say, we it's it's really it's global. Mm-hmm. Like it's what's familiar, and anything outside of that, you have to really convince people to to go outside the box. It's so so frustrating because how many come to Jesus moments do you really need? I mean, we watched the HFPA most recently, BAFTA before that, the Oscars before that. It's just been a myriad of of, of systemic issues, like you said, yeah. symptoms at the at these awards levels, and uh, they show their heads at the nominations, etc. And it, and this whole conversation it, it, it recontextualizes something that Kate Blanchett did for the. Andrea Riseborough campaign when 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 stepping out in front of the Critics Choice audience mm-hmm. that you were you were smack in the middle of or right right up front there yep. and and she had some critical words she went as you said she kind of went a little Joaquin Phoenix up there and 
look, I mean, we follow you and reference you all the time because you're you're making these reports out there and you're unafraid to to challenge the status quo. Uh, I mean, you published a couple uh, pieces this last week, the Oscar So Mail issue, the diversity report. Mm-hmm. Uh, really appreciate those. And yeah, Kate Blanchett is calling out this awards body i mean just the award season is being patriarchal and mike and i are like you know what i mean we're agreeing with what she says and now we're yet and yet we're trying not to go down the cynical town because we love the film promotion aspect of it all because so here here's the thing with that and i think it's tough yeah you're you're touching on something and this is this was the feeling in the room Mm -hmm. and this was the feeling afterward when i wrote about it this so let's start with her giving a shout out to Andrea Riseborough, which, by the way, that's when I knew I was in the Twilight Zone. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> like, like I, saw, I was like, what is happening? Because like, at that point, people had been talking to me about it. And I was like, yeah. no, like, that's not a right. real thing. And then when she when it was the first thing out of her, out of her mouth, I was like, I was like, wait, like, <laughs> what is going Where on? Where am I? Yeah. Like, 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 does she know? Who is evading taxes right now? Like, does she like does she does she have the tapes, guys? Like, what is going on? So there was like that, there was that funny like little aspect of that, right? Um, and then people will say, and I saw I saw this criticism, and I and I I hate to throw this part of it onto Kate. It's like she goes out there and she advocates for another white actress, right? And you have that platform, you could be like Danielle Deadweiler, or or but you you advocated for Andrea Riseborough. I mean, listen, everyone advocates for who they want to advocate for. You know, yeah. I wouldn't have advocated for anyone up there. I think you can call out, like, like I can, you know, measuring art, I get it. Calling out something, it's all subjective. Right. I get that part. Where my issue, and then other, a lot of other people's issue came in, was with, you know, when are we going to stop this dog and pony spectacle mm. of awards? And, you know, can't we just say this phenomenal, phenomenal performances to which I say, okay, woman that has two Oscars mm-hmm. already. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm in the table sitting with Kiyu Kwan, Stephanie Shu, and staring at Michelle Yeoh, who just lost. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sitting right next to Daniel Kwan. And I'm like, but I, but these people don't get to see. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, the dog and pony doesn't, they don't get the dog or the pony. Right, right. So, but, and yet a person like Blanchett, and this is why I called like the walking Phoenix out uh, on that too. He was like, you know, award shows are bull, award season bullshit, award shows are bullshit. And yet you're at every single thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like, 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 like you are, you are campaigning more than everyone else. Like you are doing everything needed to ensure your recognition so don't say like when we're gonna stop this dog and pony thing then don't do it one thing about Frances McDormand she hates the dog and pony and she don't go she only goes <laughs> to the Oscars she goes to like an award show. she doesn't do press she's like whatever she didn't even put her name down for acting like she didn't want to be submitted for an acting award because she was like producing like that's like my thing now I, like she doesn't want to win an acting Oscar she puts her money where her mouth is Blanchett doing that felt disingenuous and I and I love Kate Blanchett, and I think she's. I, I don't think she meant it that way, but it's right. just when when those moments happen, it becomes like, you know. And then I and then and then I start looking further into the future. Now we're here where we are now. To stop this dog and pony show, and we and I thought, and many of us thought we were going to have a moment where Kate Blanchett was going to be the only white person in her category, for the first time in history. People of color were going to outnumber white women in Best Actress, and that didn't happen. So then now I'm like, oh, like, then now I'm a little upset about that. Yeah, you don't want want to hear Warren Buffett tell you how money doesn't buy happiness type deal. Yeah, yeah. like, like, okay, like, okay, like, I'm... But, but I'm hungry, so, right, so right. It, it, it buys good health care, that's for sure. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I guess the natural podcasting. follow, though, is, all right, now that it's happened, now that it, you know, rubbed people the wrong way, we hope, uh, does that hurt Blanchett going forward? Does that open the door? I mean, I think I, yeah. I, I was thinking it was neck and neck for a while, right? I mean, we all have I mean, been. Yeah, it, it, she's in a natural, mm-hmm. very competitive race, period. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think what she said hurts her. I think the makeup of the category now hurts her because, 
I always believed that her and Michelle kind of, and now definitely Andrea Riseborough, because mm. now I don't think Kate Blanchett's going to mention her at any more award shows. Um, <laughs> I think that there's going to be a very pronounced look now of when you look at a ballot and you're like Michelle Yeoh. And one thing about the Michelle Yeoh thing that we haven't said out loud, I, I some of us have, but like we don't really want to say because we don't want it to be true, but it might be. And this is what makes it sad. Mm-hmm. We know this is probably the only shot we're ever going to get at Michelle Yeoh. That, 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 has, that has lingered in me all season long. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like people kind of know that too. Like, how often does a 60-year-old woman get nominated for Best Actress that isn't Frances McDormand or Meryl Streep? Yeah. Not, not very often. That's a good point. You know? Like, that's the same, like, same movie with Angela Bassett. My personal preference is that I kept, like, Stephanie Hsu, give me a vote. I vote for Stephanie Hsu. I think she is the find of the year. Like, mm. the find in the last five years. I think she is going to be so dangerous yeah, in this great. industry. <laughs> she's an Oscar winner waiting. She's going to, like, do your thing. Even with that said, in the same way I felt last year about Andrew Garfield, I thought he was better than Will Smith, but I wanted Will Smith to win because of the symbolism mm-hmm. yeah. of what it meant. And I look at Stephanie show, I'm like, I want Angela, I want Angela to have, like, because I never thought we would get back to her. Mm-hmm. Like, for 29 years later, I can't believe we actually did it. And now that we're here, I'm like, like, she'll have it, Stephanie, like, you know, I, I, listen, I know that goes against the, people are like, you know, it should be about the performance. Yeah, it should be. And, you know, if Stephanie Shu won, I'd be like, all right, cool, like, awesome, but also... I also am not a thousand percent sure I'll ever see Stephanie Shu in a movie again. Like, like when Troy Kotzer won last year, I was one of the first. That's why I was so glad we did the post Oscar cover with him. Yeah, and I asked Sean Hader that. I was like, "Are you worried that we're never?" I was like, "I have this worry. I'm never going to see him again in something." And she said, "I have that same fear too. That's why I have to write for him. Like when I write something, I have to write for him." Because I can't expect anyone else to do that for him. And I think that is something that was very profound that I've thought a lot about. Like, I, I do have that fear I'm never going to see Michelle Yeoh again. But I also just need more Daniels to keep writing for her so we yeah. can keep seeing her. That's a great point. A great point uh, you bring up there for a couple of reasons. I was thinking in my head, too. Is that part of the, you know, the legacy argument? Is that part of the reason that Stephanie Shue fell short in a couple of the precursors in lieu of James. Only Lee only only, only one by the way. She only missed glow. That was the thing. It was so weird mm. to like look at it. Like she she missed Globe and she missed a shortlist for BAFTA. Anyone else had that makeup if Jamie Lee Curtis had that same makeup, we probably also would have been like, yeah, she's it. We're we're fine. Jamie Lee Curtis would be fine. <laughs> but because I doubted her so like I it was almost like it was the year Regina King again. I didn't predict G- Regina King to win that year because I was like, I can't put my heart in this. Like, I, I have to be pleasantly surprised. Right. Because if I predict it and she loses, I'm going to be pissed. Right. <laughs> well, stick- Sometimes you just you go the other way. Sticking with performances, you already mentioned, I, I mean, we've kind of delved deep into the actress side of things, and you mentioned how you thought, and maybe a surprise to Mike and I, that you think Jennifer Lawrence may have been sixth. Mike and I are, are two guys that were raised on, you know, the Billy Madison reruns on VH1 nonstop. <laughs> How close was Sandler to actually breaking through here? I mean, you asked me a gut check. I don't think that close. Okay. Hmm. I think I think his SAG nom was legit really surprising. And I think that really speaks to campaign efforts. You know, and listen, that's what, that, when we talk about, like, when I talk about diversity of nominees, like, people tend to think I'm just talking about race. It's about makeup of, of people and genres as well. Mm-hmm. Sandler, arguably, definitely won. But if you ask the internet, maybe two or three, he should have been at the Oscars two or three times already by now. Sure. Yeah. There is a bias against comedies and then comedians who make transitions. Mm-hmm. We watch for almost 20 years Jim Carrey keep trying. Great point. And they just weren't, they weren't doing Great it. Great point. And he arguably should have four 
uh, four nominations by now. Is that more of the Elder Academy being stuck? I mean, because you could say the same thing about horror. The Academy always shuns horror. Tony Collette is a famous example, but you could have said Rebecca Hall this year. You could have said anything about Nope this year. Yep, I mean, Lupita. We, we, Lupita from Us. We wanted yeah. uh, Kiki Palmer to be recognized in supporting actress. She never had yeah. any traction. Yeah. Um, it is it is genre by, I mean, yes, you're correct. Horror, comedy, and musicals, even, believe it or not. Even though we've had a couple you know, musicals get in, I would say musicals and horror films, musicals and horror specifically, are the only two genres that have predisposition bias. That, like, someone says, I don't like musicals, I don't like uh, horror movies, and like they won't watch it, and it's like, all right, I'm not going to watch it, <laughs> and like you can't you can't turn those people mm. over like like that. Comedies, depending on how you market it, some marketing comes into play. You have to like you know be like, oh, it's a dramedy. <laughs> you know, right. it's a little bit sunshine. It's it's sweet. Yeah. It's a sweet comedy. You, like you can't like like Borat is so lightning in a bottle of like almost getting there. Right. Even Maria Bakalova, especially in the second one, um, you know, they just it, it takes a lot to get the Academy to do that. And I think that's just like again, that's just genre bias that we that a lot of us have, and we just need to break. But Sandler. He's he's still that guy, I think, to a lot of people. Like that he's Billy Madison dude, he's Happy Gilmore. You know, he's not like a real actor. The director's branch is notorious hmm. for shunning, especially actors turned directors. They will they will purposefully just be like, Nope, not yet. Like they, they feel like you have to pay your dues. We saw them say, nah, Ben Affleck, nah, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Nah, Sean Penn. Mm-hmm. Like they will, they will be like, nope, not yet, not 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 on my watch. And I think that like that like, that's a little bit of hater aid, you know. Just like you know, who are you to come in and make the best film of the year? Argo. <laughs> you know? How dare you? Yeah. How yeah. dare you? You know. It's, it, it, but 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 don't worry, Spielberg. Just keep going. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but yeah. Yeah, and this, I, I think and Spielberg is a Godfather cinema. I love of course, the man. Of course, love the man. You know, they're just like there becomes an element that elevates people that they ride for all eternity. Yeah, it it is vexing to say the least, and we've gone down these uh, these rabbit holes into the. Uh, well, look, we've stared at the abyss for a little bit, but I, I do want to. I love I w- that movie. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We uh, we should change gears for a minute because you've actually praised uh, a lot of cool stuff about the best picture category in the, in the sense that you know we got blockbusters involved this year. Your last episode of the take, you were you know you were you were pumping pumping me up for for an Oscars maybe where you know we can have a, a boost in the ratings because Top Guns and the Avatars are here. So I'm wondering if you think that this year we're getting back, or we or I guess we're we're landing on what the Academy kind of intentioned years ago when they went to the hard 10, hoping for the blockbusters to get those last spots. Now we could have had four this year, which would have been, you know, even, even more to the point, but we do have some indies alongside the biggies. I think we had a a field uh, based on the pundit, you know, the punditry of 17, 18 fields or 17, 18 films that were vying for all these spots. Yes. Which is is the way it should always be. Yeah. So is this actually working now? The hard 10 and you, do you see it going forward? Uh, Is it working? Is it working? Yes. Hard 10 definitely works. Mm -hmm. I will always advocate for the hard 10. Um, Again, because I want, True diversity. I'm mm. waiting for my documentary and best picture still. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to think one year we have an animated film that could have win best picture. Amen. Mm-hmm. So there's always work to do there. The first year we came, we went into the straight 10, 2009, the Hurt Locker year. Looking at the side, one of my former award circuit uh, colleagues, I'm going to quote, quote him here, Terrence Johnson. Um, he used to say, like, I despise the blind side. Like, he hates the movie so much. But he loves that it's there Mm -hmm. because it is the most accurate snapshot of the year of cinema, of that particular year. And that's why I always felt the Academy's greatest importance is it is a snapshot of not just a year in cinema, but a moment in time that we are in globally. We always remember 
how green was my valley beat Citizen Kane because Pearl Harbor is bombed just right before Os- the Oscars yeah. or hap- you know, happen. Um, Moonlight gets a debate for all time if Moonlight uh, won Best Picture because Trump was elected and if Hillary won, then it would have been La La Land. Wow. Um, yeah. You know, th- th- they are, they they provide that. The 10 works because it, it really helps with that. And again, it's not just what they nominate, it's what they don't. I'm always going to remember when I think about this year, in mm-hmm. like 10 years, I'll, you know, I'll say like, oh, cool, they, that's Top Gun got in that year and all that stuff. Damn, that was the year they also left Daniel Deadweiler right. out. And I'll remember that, you know, and, that, and that's, I don't need everyone to get nominated every single time. Um, I also don't think everyone needs to win an Oscar. I think it's okay when we don't, we have people who don't win Oscars, but it is a, uh, it's, it's a train that's still trying to find its way. And I think the straight 10 works. It, it gives the best shot at things. I, w- I wish it wasn't, it's so mind boggling how hard I feel like it is for voters to fill out a ballot of 10 movies. That, mm-hmm. That's always been so weird to me. Like, I, I, yeah, you don't have to watch 150 movies, but you can't watch 10. Especially if you're there and you have the access to it and it's available like 10, on all like streamers. Just, yeah. just fucking watch a movie, man. Like, watch movies. Like, they're so good. I'm with you. You know? And, 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 then that, and then that's when journalists, like, you know, I, I would say, like, film Twitter doesn't matter the way they think it is, think it does, but sometimes it does tell people that all right i do need to watch everything everywhere because everyone won't shut up about it i don't think they'll they'll be bullied into voting for it to win but i think they'll be like you know they'll give a movie a shot makes sense uh taking a step back i guess from the awards centric even though the awards have something to do with it and talking about theaters in general and movies in general the divide between the haves and the have-nots, especially, I mean, it's crystallized in this Best Picture year. You have two movies which combined did like $3.5 billion that are nominated for Best Picture, and then half yeah. the field, Fableman's Tar, Banshee's Women Talking, Trial of Set, they did $81 million combined worldwide, which is like yeah. not even 3%, barely 2% of those two films. Is that a talking point within the Academy? Like, I feel like every Oscars we have since in the pandemic, going into the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic, there's I'm waiting for the Academy to be like, hey, let's designate some time to celebrating theaters and getting people back into theaters. And I just don't see it happening. Is, is it a talking yeah. point at all? I mean, people were super pissed uh, 2020 or that the Academy didn't mention yeah. the theaters. I was and, and, they, and, and, they had a, and they had a right to be. Um, you know, we are in a moment that our church, this, this is our church guys, right? Absolutely. Like the theater, <laughs> it's, our, it's, our, it's our sanctuary. It's where I go to praise and worship. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the church is hurting. Mm-hmm. It's in a, it's, it, it, I don't think it's going to die. I hate that saying that the movies are dying. They're not dying. But there's going to be a reduction. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a different feel or a different experience. Art goes through evolutions. It happened from radio to silent films, happened from silent films to talkies, mm-hmm. from black and white to color. Now we are, you know, from movie theaters to streaming. Um, I think we will land at this place that Everyone will be happy. I think the art house theaters are what I what I worry the most for. Obviously, I know three or four around me personally that yeah. shut down in the last yeah. years. Yeah, and, and I think the academy, the academy organization itself, is hyper aware of the state of the theaters, and I think they, but much like us we don't know what the answer is we don't know what to do what can you what what can you do mm-hmm. like you can tell people go to the movies but again we're nerds we go all the time <laughs> the 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 average movie the average person goes to a movie seven times a year right. they said and what do they go for they go for event films they go for the top gun mavericks you know i worry about the art house distributors i worry about like searchlight pictures and bleaker street and roadside, 
mm-hmm. momentum pictures that did too. Leslie, that movie mm-hmm. made twenty seven thousand dollars. <laughs> twenty seven thousand dollars. Like, that is. Not, like, that movie did not. That, that is a bomb. An epic. I don't know what the budget was on that. I'm sure it was like not twenty seven thousand dollars. <laughs> more than that. Right. You know. So I. I don't know what the answer is. I don't, I don't like, I know there's going to be something that evolves. And I think we're going to see a, a hybrid of sorts. I think we'll see a different theater type experience Yeah. Um, that will unfold. And I think people like us, the nerds, I think we're going to make sure we do what we can to keep the theater alive it's just, I guess, about how what we used to see. A good example is uh, something like like Monster mm-hmm. with Charlie Theron. A studio back then takes a chance on it; they don't expect to make money back. You're like, kind of do this for the love of the game, transformation. It's a good script. We can try to do what we can with it, but we have other things, so we can balance this out. Whatever. Now it's harder. Like, unless, you know, streamers are going to do art house stuff, which then brings into question, like, all all art house going to live there. Mm-hmm. And then there's the physical media aspect of it, because I'm a big advocate for that. Um, you know, but unless you can guarantee a studio, like, good, hefty return at the box office, then I don't think we're going to see a lot less chances. And what, 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 what who's that going to affect? the people of color that we were talking about. We're gonna, we we have a finite number of Gina Prince Bythewoods, man. Right. Like I, I tell, I ask anyone like, how do you not scream me? every day? Honest <laughs> to God, being as in the weeds, like, like hearing you say this, like, yeah, it makes logical sense, but it's infuriating yeah. for me to listen. To I, know, I mean, it, 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 like, listen, you can, you can be mad about Like, listen, there are, there are, I see a lot of my colleagues be, make it their identity to be mad about it. Yeah. And then I see others that just we we try to do what we can to make sure that I me mean, I I, mean, I bang the drum for for Gina a lot like I gave you know she was on my podcast mm-hmm. said hi to her at every event give her you know give mentions I knew that people the people that were watching it were were liking it but I did know that not enough people were watching it. You know, we do what we can. We're not, you know, we're still journalists. We have to report on what's going on. But I'm also not the, I'm not the antidote to a poisonous industry. Like, I, I, we are, we do what we can. And, and we just, we try to stay consistent all throughout. That's why, I, like, I, I looked at the Oscar noms. I was like, Asian representation, let's go, let's go, let's go. I made sure I wrote that. No women in director piece on top of that. And major report about the diversity report. And major, I mentioned it, you know, too, because I, I can, we can, we, I can always praise you. There's always room for opportunity. I can't, I can't say you're perfect because right. you're not. There's always room for growth. And we have to just make sure we give both those things consistently. That's why you've been, you know, a real one from the beginning. Absolutely. We were listening, listening to award circuit. Uh, before uh, we not a lot of people feel like that. Some, some people think uh, <laughs> otherwise, yeah. but. Listen, I, I think we all have our own, like, ways of doing things. We're not always going to agree. Mm-hmm. You know, I always I look at um example of this Biden and, like, Democratic you know, election. Mm-hmm. Man, was my first choice. Was it my third? Was anyone? <laughs> well, he wasn't. I I'm with but, you. <laughs> but, you know, when push came to shove, I was like, I, I got to do, and I will call. I will make sure I'd be like, listen, you better – cancel student loan debt like you said you were gonna mm-hmm. going to sir yeah and then when he said no and i was like what the fuck is wrong with you and then he tried to do it then and then it got shut you know so you can be in favor and love like i would say i love the academy it makes it hard to love them they make it hard sometimes for me to <laughs> love them but i do love them and i have to continue but but I, I i can't unconditionally love them right there is there i do need to be like sometimes you you can do better and the the academy's Doing what they can, but Hollywood need. We all need to kind of get on the same page. 
Well, I appreciate the the therapy in this episode. I'm absolutely. really really <laughs> thrilled that we got we got through a lot. It's just Mike and I have been. It's it's you know we're we're in the East Hollywood in Connecticut here, <laughs> right next door. Yeah, yeah, right next door. We're kind of doing our thing. Shout. I sometimes. only just got to the. This, I'm always in. Listen, don't you ever refer to me as a Californian man. One of my favorite things that I get, like, it's not even when people say, like, oh, I love your writing. It's when people meet me and they go, where are you from? And I'm like, New York. They're, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew you weren't from here. I'm like, good, good. <laughs> I haven't lost forever it yet. And yep. ever, amen. Forever and ever, amen. I'm a New Yorker to the bone, and I will own that forever. And listen, and, and it is, I will say this, and coming from your sectors of, mm-hmm. you know, self, you, you know, you started this because you love movies, you wanted to talk about it, you wanted to write about it, and all that stuff. Like, you, you did it for the love of the game. That's why I started Award Circuit. I wanted to do it for the love of the game. Mm-hmm. Being in the machine now and seeing, like, getting into the factory and you see the machine works and stuff like that, like, it's a lot dirtier than you thought it was going than, than, than I ever thought it could be. Like, there's a lot of things like some people expected me to come here and like turn it all off it was like <laughs> like there's still there, there there's money involved there's right. there's power involved you know harvey weinstein's in power like i would say she said was the first movie of its kind that put a mirror in front of all of us including me and said you're complicit <laughs> you you're you did this too and i don't think people like that have that conversation and just be like yeah you know like i'm I'm not perfect and i know i mess up and stuff and there are some things that maybe i should have pounced not just with him just in general or i should have like wrote about and i just didn't i didn't have the time or i just or i just felt like i didn't want to deal with it you know just that that comes with the territory well i like it's like I the said. Knicks, man. It's, it's like, like the Knicks. The Knicks. It's exactly like it's the like Knicks. We, we have John Starks. We have Patrick <laughs> Ewing. And they both left with no rings on their finger. But then on the other side, we have the Yankees, who had Keno <laughs> Martinez and Paul O'Neill. One of the greatest moments in baseball ever was him hitting that home run the day after his dad died. I still cry about it. We might think about it. And I was there for Derek Jeter's uh-huh. last game. And saw him do the wow. walk off. I was there for those things, but then I have the Knicks. <laughs> I just have the Knicks. There's always going to be the Knicks. It's always going to be the Knicks, and in between the Giants. Yeah, well, at least Up lately. Yeah, at least this year. Always since since Jason Seahorn, man. Seahorn, <laughs> they're 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 messy. We but, can't thank you yeah, enough, man. But, but listen, I, I have to give you, I have to give you guys a compliment too. I know you guys are going to compliment me here, but listen, I don't say yes to everyone's podcast, right? Sometimes I don't have time, or sometimes I just don't have the energy. But I say yes to you guys because one is you have fun doing what you're going to do. I think it's important to have people like you on the beat. I think you're doing a really good job. Um, wow. I wish one of you would change your name eventually. It's <laughs> easier to communicate that way. I still don't know who really writes me sometimes. We, like it just, oh, that's it, purposeful, it really, but that's our fault. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, 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 I don't like it. We are Tyler Dirt. Because if I get because if I get mad at one, I don't know who to bitch to. Like just, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of moving pieces here. However, I think you guys are doing a really good job. And if you keep it focused on the love of film. Like, and not just be a troll and be bitter and all that stuff mm. like some of these film Twitter people are. Mm. You, you keep doing your thing. I, and people like me will continue to look and watch and come on and share your stuff. So keep it up. Well, appreciate you, man. We can't thank you enough for that. That's very, very kind of you to say. And we can't thank you enough for giving us part of your time today, man. It was it was awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, listen, I will see you for Oscars 2025. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be off Skype by then, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Oh, Ma- Jesus, no, we, no, we won't. <laughs> hopefully, oh, oh, hopefully we'll have something new. There'll be like, a divi- like something that just can do exactly what we want it to do. We should just keep it free. Like maybe we'll get off Skype, but every Clayton Davis conversation, we'll just for- we'll tell you it's <laughs> no, on Skype. Do well. I mean, listen, I got on today pretty easy, so maybe we'll keep it up. <laughs> Clayton, thanks a lot, man. We really appreciate oh, thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. Yeah. Yeah, so I said it to you when we hung up, Mike. I don't know why these people keep agreeing to speak to us. <laughs> and it was very, very like, listen, Clayton couldn't have been nicer. He did not have to say all those nice things to us and about us at the end there. That was very, very thoughtful and kind and sweet. Appreciate it. Um I, 
he doesn't why why speak like that interview i feel like could have been in variety or in some other trade and done just i mean it was phenomenal he he really uh he really did not shy away from any of those questions and uh he's a real one i i just really appreciate it uh getting into uh the nitty-gritty on a lot of that stuff And, and it's not you know everybody thinks these you know the, the the pros at the highest level are just going to try and be positive all the time, and they're not, and they're going to be afraid to to get into the to the, to the negatives. Which of the is business. so funny talking to them because that is not the case. It's completely the opposite. They are uh, absolutely. Clayton was 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 super willing to get into a lot of the the things that have been vexing us for a while. So that really was therapy for for the both of us, and we really appreciate it. The words of wisdom today: follow Clayton Davis, like we said at the at the intro. Senior awards editor at Variety. Every other post is probably his because he's that prolific and terrific of a writer. Uh, he's the host of The Take, a great uh, uh, YouTube show, uh, and, and it's on Variety as well with Elizabeth Wagmeister. And uh, he's the, one of the hosts of uh, Variety's Actors on Actors and certainly the the always fun award circuit po- podcast with Jazz Tanke and so many other names that you guys know and that are friends of our show. Like we said, he's the uh, president of the Latino Entertainment Journalists Association. So look it, go check out Clayton Davis at by Clayton Davis on Twitter. You can follow uh, the uh, Latino Entertainment Journalists Awards at L E J A Latino on Twitter. And uh, words to the wise: follow Clayton Davis, man. Support him. Yeah, L E J A, I believe, has their awards coming up on the 18th of February, if I'm remembering right. If it's not the 18th, it's the 16th. Uh, not, I have 19th written down, but uh, okay. Well, then I was wrong twice, and that's what's important here. Uh, (laughs) Clayton, one of those guys that, like, finds 37 hours in a day somehow to do all he does, and I imagine sleep for 15 minutes or so a a night. So God bless him. Can't thank him enough. Uh, With the train here rolls on, we want to know, obviously, dear listener, what matters most to you? What do you have to say? What did you think about this interview today, about all the litany of issues that were touched on in this conversation? We want to hear from you, uh, as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns you may have about anything we do here in the MMO Empire. You can leave us all those, as always, on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com, and on Reddit. We are available wherever you do hear podcasts. If you're listening to us on either the Apple Podcasts or Spotify app, once you're done listening to Award Circuit Podcast on either of those, if you wouldn't mind heading on over, leaving us a five-star review if you appreciate what we do here. Those help us out immensely. Thank you to everyone who has done so thus far. Michael, you already gave the words of wisdom and wise words they are. Be sure to be following Clayton on all the social media outlets. Uh, what's coming next from us? And I'm not asking that as part of the shtick of the show. I'm asking that because I cannot remember. Well, I I have some Sundance to report on because I'm in okay. the throes of uh, all my movie watching for Sundance. And uh, this was a lovely break, by the way. I really appreciate Clayton jumping on. And we, we got Clayton Davis colleagues uh, then and now coming onto the show yeah. uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we booked a couple of his friends, and we're really excited about that. Uh, again, you know, regulars on Mike, Mike, and Oscar. So, uh, we're, you know, we'll, we'll actually have a chance to pick a bone with one of our uh, guests, Mr. McQuaid. And uh, we got to throw down on uh, the whole Todd. Fe- it's not going to be a- it's not going to be audio. It's just going to be a fist, just, the audio of a fight. It's just like who loves Todd Field more? Is, and <laughs> I think he does. But who? What is Todd Field more prolific at? Is basically the right. argument. Where is he better? Is better at screenwriting or directing? Right. Up next on Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Uh, no, we both love Tar, and uh, we'll we'll duke it out over the script versus the uh, the screen. I guess with uh, Mr. Yeah. McQuaid. Uh, like, well, you know, this is a fun time of year, Mike. We get to talk to a lot of cool people, people that we follow and reference throughout the the, the the year all year round and yeah and and this is the best part this is the best part of it so once I can get my head out of my screen um, mm-hmm. we will uh, we'll do an Oscar race checkpoint to start off next week some Sundance talk and then interviews and checkpoints and award shows my god it's all coming I can't I was gonna reference Wizard of Oz and I can't even think of the line. Oh my, is what I was going to, oh my. I couldn't think of the words oh and my right there as you were listing stuff. It's a lot going on right now. That's where I'm at. (laughs) (laughs) Our thanks once again to Clayton Davis of Variety. Go check him out everywhere. Guys, when reality sucks, you can come get ready for the Oscar season with us and our friends. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you all very soon. Oh my. (laughs) Oh my.